0: what's up think realty nations your host abby Golhar. i know you've missed me i've missed you too it's been a while but guess what i'm back with a new set and this set i think looks pretty spectacular um today is a really really fun day we're talking about hard money and if you're a new real estate investor there are a couple of things you need to know related to capital one that you need it and that capital pretty much runs the world. And if you haven't figured that out by now, um, just stay up at, until 2 o'clock in the morning, watch HGTV, and you wonder, wait a minute, how are they flipping homes worth $300,000, 500000 maybe even millions of dollars, and making money on that? Yep, it's capital that runs the game. And more often than not, you don't need conventional financing. You need what's called hard money or private money. Our guest today, Kayla, will be talking a lot about that topic and what she thinks the future holds for her business in private money. Uh, She has a crystal ball, and as I've joked on this podcast, um, I I have a snow globe at home, so I don't know what we're seeing in the hard money space, which is why we have experts like Kayla come in to tell us what she's seeing and how you can benefit from private money. Before we get uh, to her, I want to give you a huge shout out uh, for the sponsor of today's podcast, Real Property Management. Uh, Working with the right property management company can put more money in your pocket and not less, and this is so true because property management for me. Listen, I'm, I'm five foot five, 130 pounds wet. Like I know what a sledgehammer looks like. I'm sure as heck not going to pick it up. I'm like the best white collar worker. And that's why I need real property management in my life. Real property management provides a higher standard of property management to make sure you're maximizing the return on your investments. Experience the real difference with real property management. Go check them out. Realpropertymgt.com. Uh, Kayla, from Flipco Financial, welcome to the show. Thanks so much uh, for taking some time Uh, today. I certainly appreciate it. Give us a little background, who you are, what you do, and why does private money matter?
1: Sure, well, first I'd like to say it's a pretty lofty promise to say that I have that crystal ball, but I will do my best to provide some insight this morning. Uh, So I am Caleb Helland, I'm the VP with Flipco Financial. We're a hard money lender based out of Houston, Texas. I've been with the company for a couple of years. Uh, we're still in some ways a baby company and a startup. We've been around since November of 2020. So just on the heels of the pandemic. Uh, I come from a background of real estate investing, whether it be a single family, multifamily, buy and hold, fix and flip. I've done a little bit of all of it. And because of that, I'm able to bring a pretty unique perspective to the capital space. Because unlike many other people in this space, I don't necessarily come from that very specific finance background, but instead I can easily pop on the hat as the investor or fix and flipper that we're working with.
0: What are some of the mistakes that you've seen new investors make, maybe on their first or second or third deal, as it relates to private money?
1: Sure. uh, I think... The biggest one seems really obvious, but it's not looking into your financing options and building those relationships before you find a deal. So we often hear people talking about how finding that deal is so difficult, but speed is still the name of the game even today. And so when you do find that property, you want to make sure that you have several options in your back pocket in terms of how to finance that. Making sure that you're educated in how hard money works, how private money works joint venture agreements. There's several different options in how to bring capital to the table. But if you wait until you have the deal to go and find that capital, that deal will often slip away in the meanwhile. And so we see people making that mistake, uh, especially on their first deals, but even second and third, where they'll put all of their eggs into one basket in terms of their capital source, and they're not ready to pivot if those funds dry up, which we are seeing more and more happening today.
0: You are seeing more funds dry up. Um, I'm interested to learn a little bit about your perspective on zero money down deals. Because like you're saying, funds are drying up We live in a very interesting world um, for the remainder of 2023 going into 2024. I'm seeing investors try to pull resources, maybe scrounge it up 5 to 10%, and then they ultimately say, well, I don't really have the cash because the lender is expecting me to put down 20%, 25%. How about doing a 0% deal? Is that even feasible in today's world?
1: So there's there's a couple options around that. So there are hard money lenders who will do zero percent percent down deals. The cost of those funds are always going to be more expensive. We at Flipcode don't have that product. We want to see all of our investors bringing some equity in the deal because we are non recourse lenders. So it's important for our borrowers to, you know, come to the table, feel like they're a part of that project, have a little skin in the game, because at any given time as a non-recourse lender, we're at risk of somebody just throwing the keys at us and walking away. However, if somebody's looking at getting into this game and they don't have that capital to bring, I always encourage them to go the more expensive route for their first or second flip. If that's the only way they can get into flipping, they're better off doing that paying a higher price of the capital but then being able to build a little bit of steam, some experience even if their spread isn't as big at the end of the day. In terms of the market conditions, the instances where we're seeing the biggest struggle for borrowers who've brought zero down or have used Uh, private equity to bridge that gap, for example, is if they do need to go through a refinance, they're not finding enough equity left over at the end of the day to get through that refinance, and they're being forced to sell the property instead. That, to me, is the biggest risk right now. If your deal is too tight, that refinance is not going to work if you're trying to do a burst strategy or a buy and hold.
0: Are you seeing that for the rest of 2023 going into 2024 uh, lenders are taking more projects back because of non-performance by new investors?
1: I would think so. I mean, people in this industry definitely hold their cards pretty close to their chest on exactly what's happening behind the scenes. But one would venture to guess that that's what is happening. I mean, we're seeing properties sitting on the market longer these investors only had so much capital to carry their projects. And so if they thought it was going to be a one year project or they had to carry it for 12 months and now that's turning into 18 or even 20 months down the road, for sure they're feeling that squeeze. What we try to look for in our investors is that grit and ability to pivot, see what's coming up, make those hard choices. Sometimes if you thought you were going to make, $40,000 $40,000 on a flip and you need to sell it today to make half of that people who are educated enough and sober enough to make that call at that point. You also want to be partnering with the lender who can walk you through those steps. Be honest with you, be realistic with you. If you see a listing, but you know, if we see a listing for one of our properties that's way over what we anticipated the value, we give that borrower a quick call, see what their CMA looks like, where did they get their ARV from? Because we don't want to see them you know sitting on the market with a stale property down the road that's not going to be great for any of our investors so we really hold their hand all the way through that even to the actual finish line.
0: Um, So when it comes to what a borrower should look for in a lender um, obviously camaraderie obviously that expert guidance on that first second or third flip what else should they be looking for?
1: you know, the biggest thing that I encourage them to look for is full transparency. So keeping in mind that hard money lending and private money lending are still unregulated in most states, especially in places like Texas and Florida where it's so prevalent. And because of that, there's so many ways that your lender can be not disclosing or hiding something that you may just not even know to ask about. So really diving into your term sheet. If you feel like there's something missing there, ask about it. Make sure to review your loan documents. I do not know how many borrowers will go all the way to closing, sign those documents and not actually know what they signed, which is pretty terrifying considering your lender can add anything in there. So uh, just really looking for that transparency is the most important part. There can be hidden fees that you're not factoring into the total cost of your money. And again, in these contracting markets, if you're still doing flips for a pretty small spread, you don't want that to be eaten up by your cost of capital.
0: From a timeline perspective, uh, you mentioned uh, maybe just a minute or two ago, and I wanted to hit on this point before uh, we moved on to the, to the other questions that I have. Uh, if, a, if my flip is going to take say six months or eight months, or that's what I'm projecting, should I multiply that number by 1.5 to get a new normal timeline? And maybe the same thing with my budget, because it's almost mm-hmm. always the case that my timeline will be extended by a couple of months at this point from what I'm understanding, maybe my cost of materials, my cost of labor also should be multiplied by same by 1.5 or maybe 1.2, or 1.3, just saying it's going to be more to give myself that buffer. And in that underwriting for the property purchase price, uh, I don't become competitive, right? So then I'm kind of screwed and I'm looking for a sweetheart deal in a world where there are no sweetheart deals. Can you kind hmm. of walk me through what I'm mistaken about
1: here I unfortunately not mistaken about anything you really hit the nail on the head that is the reality for a lot of investors right now we've seen with the market shift that there's a a delta between what the sellers still want for their property and what the investors are willing to pay and in the last couple years when markets were just on fire those investors could pay the outrageous acquisition prices And barely do anything to the properties and they would just appreciate naturally over the course of four or five months and that's just not the reality today the the markets are are certainly correcting i think that'll continue through the rest of this year maybe even into 24 a little bit but we're not saying correcting in terms of this huge downturn uh you know they're they're going back to a little bit more of a level playing field we're seeing a little bit more normalcy in terms of Buyers being able to actually do diligence uh, for sellers to be able to consciously look at a handful of offers instead of it just being a complete feeding frenzy the minute they put a listing up. So there are good things coming out of that. But uh, I do think that you're right to go back to your question. It's prudent as an investor to factor in for, you know, values that you may not be anticipating up front but know are realistically possible to happen the length of those loans is probably the biggest one that you mentioned we're seeing that labor costs and material costs are coming down some from the height of let's call it six or twelve months ago where we were having supply chain issues for example those have started to really clear up so that's not such a factor now but just how long properties are sitting on the market and then also buyers doing full due diligence Mm -hmm. meaning previously You might put your flip up on the market and you have 20 cash offers to choose from that are going to close in 14 days. Well, you don't really have to save up very much for your carrying costs at that point. But now buyers are doing two-month closings, two-month escrows. They still want to be able to sell their personal residence beforehand. No longer are they taking on two mortgages. So that's that's what's really spread out the amount of time. So when we have uh, one of our investors list their property, we're in the background kind of estimating that they've got another 60-day run ahead of them before we would imagine that they're paid off.
0: So where's the opportunity? Is the opportunity for not necessarily speaking only to first time fix and flippers or burr, buy and hold, long-term, etc., cetera, is the opportunity go to rural Texas, uh, like eight counties over until you hit just a bunch of dirt and uh, the humidity hits you and you're like, wow, I'm really away from Houston and I should start driving back or I'm going to get parched because I have no water out here and mm-hmm. by land, in the path of progress and then go vertical and maybe that makes sense? Uh, Or is it buying tax liens? Like I recently just said, hey, I'm just gonna be the guy that's going to sell shovels to all these fix and flippers. So I bought a construction company and that's doing really well. But Mm -hmm. where's the opportunity here then?
1: I mean, that's such a broad range question because it depends a lot on the investor and what they're capable of. Uh, We have seen more and more deals coming in that are actually rural flips. But then as the lender, those are tricky because you can't pull comps, right? If it's some of these really small towns where we're hearing our investors say, hey, I picked that house in that area because it's cheaper. Well, that's not really a sound investment strategy. So I discourage people from saying, well, I'm gonna go invest in this area that's an hour and a half outside of civilization just because I can afford a $50,000 house to flip there. Not the way I would go. If somebody wants to start off smaller like that, maybe partner with somebody who has a little more money or um, you know has a background in a more metro area, that's always gonna be easier right now. Keeping in mind that as the markets shift, those rural areas are gonna be hit the hardest. So I, I wouldn't recommend pouring into that. Now, if you have money to park and you wanna go pick up a track of land and a path of progression, as you mentioned, sure. That's not really a a hard money play, though, again, in my opinion, because you're going to be sitting on that for years to come. Traditionally, hard money or private money is short-term asset-based loans. So 12, maybe 24 months at the most, you're going to see that. And I don't foresee those tracts of land really increasing in value. So you end up in a situation where you buy it up and then you're having to refinance it time over, time over, time over, waiting for your return. Uh, You know, your play in going and buying a construction company is great. Looking at areas where there's vertical integration to what an investor needs is always going to be smart. But again, that takes a certain, you know, now you're a business operator, not a property investor. So different play there as well.
0: Bingo. Um, How, what do you think about, or have you... Have you thought about the midterm rental space? Do you have any borrowers that are looking at that and saying, hey, I'm tired of Airbnb because mm-hmm. it's, it's too much turnover. I'm not getting the yield necessarily on a long-term rental where leases are say one, two, three years. Mm-hmm. Maybe the midterm rental game and renting to travel nurses could be interesting. And I can still see 13 to 16% year over year yields. Is that something you're seeing in the market We are. I mean,
1: people are, yeah, absolutely. I mean, investors are having to pivot because they have these properties that, again, when I talk about, you know, uh, equity that's built into a deal that somebody doesn't want to let go of, and they, instead of selling at, let's say, a break-even, they pivot to refinance instead. Well, now those numbers don't necessarily make sense as a rental, so they're having to solve for that. I, I myself have ended up in that situation where I have a rental property where my initial exit strategy was not to make it a rental. And, you know, I didn't want to give up the perceived equity. I guess, you know, it wasn't real equity. I couldn't sell it for what I wanted to. So the perceived equity that I'm, I'm hoping is eventually there when appreciation comes back and I've put a tenant in there in the meanwhile. So we are absolutely seeing borrowers where if we look at their initial application, their exit strategy was one thing. And in working with them towards the finish line, We've seen them pivot over and over again. That midterm rental is absolutely one of the plays that they're yeah. they're running, especially in neighborhoods where uh, HOAs are preventing them from being able to even do Airbnbs. Again, if you're planning on selling, your buy box in that instance does not necessarily lean to being short-term rental friendly, whereas a lot of those areas will allow for the the mid-rental. But again, now we're talking about a type of operator that's not just a fix and flip investor. Now you have to educate yourself on how to operate that business, which is what that is at that point.
0: Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. You continue, you along with other people that I've been having conversations with, continue to confirm that MTR, your midterm rental space, uh, specifically geared toward uh, healthcare professionals is a very smart way to go. Um, Mm -hmm. I am redesigning my entire SFR strategy around Mm -hmm. midterm rentals and building a brand around that is super, super cool. Um, So we should definitely stay in touch. And I think Think Realty Nation, if this is something that makes sense to you, and if you are picking up what Kayla just threw down, then Midterm Rental is a very smart play. Um, She's using it, I'm using it, and listen, we're both uh, very smart, good-looking people. And you listening and paying attention and watching also are very smart, good-looking. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on this podcast um, or listening. You should absolutely take a look at MTR. It's the, This is what is happening in the next year and a half or two. And believe me, I've talked to enough travel nurses to know that Airbnb sucks for them. There's no other platform that can help them. But you can and you can make a pretty seriously good yield as a result. So here's what I want you to do. Check out flipcofinancial.com. You're looking for a lender. You're not only looking for a lender, you're also looking for a partner. You're looking for very good advice with people that have had boots on ground, that understand your market. Flipcofinancial.com on the upper right-hand side, click on the orange button with white text that says get a quote. Select the person you're working with, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Kayla and she's like the first name that pops up on the on the on the drop down menu Uh, so we want to give her uh, her and her team a lot of love do that get in touch with Flipco Financial they'll be your partners in success for your real estate flips and long-term buy and hold strategies Kayla thanks so much for your time I appreciate it
1: thank you for having me such a pleasure looking forward to coming back
0: Absolutely. So Think Realty Nation, listen up. We've got a conference that's coming up very, very, very soon uh, that you have to check out. And if you're not there, well, you're just um, not the coolest cat in the room. Um, The Think Realty Conference and Expo in Tampa uh, will be taking place July 13th and 14th. Set your sights on making 2023 a success with more knowledge and know-how by learning and networking with top-tier real estate investing pros for a limited time get a buy one get one deal on tickets register for two and enter the code podcast at checkout again that's code podcast it's not case sensitive so uh, i don't want to hear i don't want to see an email can i do like a capital p lowercase o capital d capital t and like forget some letters no just type in the word podcast i don't know like it's not hard so type in the word podcast to check out you get the special pricing go to thinkrealtycom realty.com tampa uh, th- excuse me think tampa for more information until next time think Realty Nation. Happy investing.